All right, we're back at it a few moments yet with Buzz Hargrove, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, and Catherine Swift, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. You know, uh, we were just talking about that guaranteed basic income and how uh, the Ford government squelched that. Uh, A lot of people feeling that that was premature and the pilot should have run its course. The 4,000 people, the recipients, uh, might have taught us something. Uh, But now you've got community activists and a group that held a press conference at Queen's Park, I guess it was earlier yesterday, suggesting that uh, they'd like to see that study uh, restored as well as uh, the government restoring social assistant rates to levels of the early 1990s. Currently, a single person on Social assistance receives 721 bucks a month. Adjusted for inflation, the rate in the early 90s would now be $1,050. And furthermore, they suggest that there's a link between poverty and gun violence and believe that that's the real answer. You have to address poverty. You think that's the answer, Buzz? No. No, I don't buy that at all. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, of gun incidents that happen and poor uh, communities, but you look last weekend in Chicago, they had over 70 people were wounded, 11 killed. Right. Had nothing to do with poverty. It was about a bunch of nuts uh, uh, with uh, an ability to buy a gun on the street for next to nothing and go shoot somebody. And in Toronto, it's well known it's gangs, it, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, some of them might be in poorer areas or whatever, but an awful lot of them are not. There's drugs, there's gangs, and uh, get in a lot of i mean you want to it intersects with a lot of the like the social housing thing a lot of the social housing is has been made in uninhabitable for average people because it's domin- it, there's gangs inhabiting it I, I mean there's our whole the sad thing is i i would like to at least give them time to see what they come up with to replace stuff like the you know the basic income and and the which welfare they said and so they on. would well, well no no they did they gave themselves 100 days they gave themselves obviously right. a, a very short period of time actually 3 months right because it, there's such a mess there. People, the, the, a lot of the problem with welfare, and there's many problems with welfare in general, is it's a trap. You get in it, you can't get out of it. You should try to have, and, and you, so, often people try to move out of it by working a little bit, and then they lose some benefits. That's ridiculous. They shouldn't, you know, there should be a much better transition from being on welfare to being in a gainfully employed situation and contributing for well, those people that can't. I mean, disability is a whole other ballgame. Pilot project would allow you to work uh, less 50% of your... To, yeah, that's right. You could keep some of it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But, I, and again, I think... And that makes a lot of sense. I agree with it, that. It, it, you know, there has to be, because it. it I, 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 I used to be, a, I was a big sister for years to people, and the mothers were typically welfare mothers. And man, these poor women couldn't, it was, it was almost impossible for them to get out of their rut. And, and that, you know, that has to be fixed. The that poverty to, trap. That's awful. You surprise me, though, Buzz, because uh, I would have thought you'd subscribe to the root causes argument, but you're just saying no. Uh, I mean, it's gangs, and so what gives root to the gangs? Well, they talk, when they talk about gun violence, that, that's a different story. If they were, ta- if they were talking about uh, uh, poverty and its impact on uh, general crime rates in, uh, in the community and, and what happens within a community, people selling dope, buying dope, people... Uh, those things there, then I think it does have a major impact on those uh, type of issues. But there's no correlation in my mind between gun violence and poverty. Or it's immensely complicated because a lot of it is things like family breakdown, you know, things yeah. that societal issues that that are, anyway, it's a complex issue. And, and yeah, the gun thing, I heard the quote today from the NDP guy and I thought, 
What a, you know, that was a, a silly comment. Just a silly comment. Okay. By the way, uh, did you read the tweet from Lisa McLeod? Because she thought she got up in the morning, everything was tickety-boo, and people were dry, trying to, uh, you know, yeah. shop back <laughs> their basements and things like that. Is it possible? Don't look. Uh, I was saying earlier, you know, maybe you're oblivious to things outside because you're so hunkered down working at your desk or your computer, you don't know it's uh, pouring cats and dogs well, out Well, I know Lisa or, pretty or well. Or having breakfast and, and big frankly, suite at the Harbor Castle or something. I <laughs> I can't imagine that she uh, made that flippantly. A lot of people were accusing her of it because I, I know Lisa pretty well, and I mean she's not a you know she's she's a compassionate person. So I I think that was a mistake, and then she probably later went, oh geez, you know I really put my foot in that. So there's not anything no uh, ill will intended. By the way, uh, finally before uh, we got Lou uh, standing by, he's going to update the business here as one final thing, and I wanted to ask you finally. Because uh, he mentioned last hour when we were talking about Magna came out with their results and uh, they're up like 23% uh, on earnings, but the stock went down today. Uh, and Buzz, you were suggesting, as Lou did uh, in the previous hour, this is because the market's projecting forward. There are ominous uh, clouds on the horizon, to use Huge. the analogy of the environment here, uh, as far as the auto industry in this province is concerned. Yeah, I have never seen so much concern and I still meet uh, uh, and talk with a lot of the manufacturers as well as the union guys and the workers. And there's enormous concern out there every, every, everywhere I go about the auto sector, whether it's uh, uh, central Ontario where a lot of the parts and tool and die makers are and what's going to happen uh, with them. It's the uncertainty, the fact that nobody knows what uh, Donald Trump's going to do uh, next. And we have to respond. We just can't sit back and say, gee, uh, you know, let, let Trump do whatever the hell he wants, and we can't uh, uh, force something on them as well. So we're in a, we're in a, a catch-as-catch-can situation, as they say, and uh, we're, we're, uh, there's no place that I can see that we can go and stop this on our own. It has to be the American Congress has to get the control over uh, Mr. Trump. You were also suggesting that uh, things are so dire, your uh, successor there at Unifor now, Jerry Diaz, was saying uh, this could mean the shuttering of every plant that we know. Yes, in the he, Jerry's testified before a parliamentary committee, and I just read, uh, read it online uh, over the weekend, and he said uh, at that parliamentary committee that there's not one assembly plant can survive at 25% terror, and that's because so much of our product goes to the United States. We don't sell uh, uh, many cars in Europe. We don't sell them in Latin America or Central America. We sell them in the United States. Yeah, it's like 85. And they 90, sell to us. Right. 85 to 90 percent, I guess, of our yeah. domestic production yeah. goes stateside, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. At least 85 and probably 90. Which again, I mean, uh, it's sort of a well-worn uh, argument or uh, talking point, but uh, why would <clears throat> Trump shoot himself in both feet and the head too? Because it would impact them. On the, so you're just well, that's, that's exactly why the Congress and, and captains of industry in the U.S. are saying, do not do this. Because, of course, yeah. you always shoot yourself in the foot with tariffs. It's, yeah, it's, and, uh, and he's not paying any attention? It's disastrous. No, no, I don't think he but understands. Is he playing a longer game that there's some strategy here for the midterms, or he wants to make it seem like he's going to repatriate some manufacturing jobs into places like Michigan, Wisconsin, well, Pennsylvania, his ba- Yeah, his Ohio. base loves that kind of talk, so yeah, I'm sure that's, that's a, part of it. That's exactly for sure. what it is. That people, are, people are fed up. Uh, in in no, a lot of those communities where they used to be decent paying unionized jobs in the auto sector, the steel sector, the coal mining, all of that, the jobs are gone and people somehow think they can get them back by doing what he's doing and supporting them. And his uh, top advisor on trade, Ferrero, I believe his name is, uh, he just keeps saying, just 
let Trump go. Don't don't interfere. Don't undercut him. Let him go. Like there's and he's a strategy in change. Yeah, it's a strategy that they have. It's a strategy, by the way, the rest of the world says can't happen. Yeah, can't but work. not only that, but Trump also keeps coming out with absurd statements about, oh, we've got a trade deficit here, a trade deficit, yeah. which often is, A, not true. And even if you do have a trade deficit in one area, the whole point of trade is that you also tend to have a surplus in others and it all ba- ultimately balances out. So there's a lot of, I don't, I don't think Trump himself uh, understands trade, frankly. <laughs> he has, he has his view and, and he believes that should be the world view. And every, uh, yeah, exactly. Everybody yeah. should agree with Don't him. confuse him with the facts. But in yeah. closing, you're saying those jobs ain't coming back, Buzz. No, if they go, they're not coming back. You don't, when's yeah. the last time you've seen an assembly plant open in in Canada for well, several years. Well, this is the question as well. We've lost a lot of manufacturing in Ontario. Those jobs aren't coming back. Those jobs aren't coming back. So we've just got to find a, a way of shifting we to have, a newer economy. That's right. And we have to a degree, but it's a lot lower paying. And it's non-union. That's one of the biggest problems. And if it were union, it wouldn't set higher up. Higher paid. They'd be higher paid. Would they set up shop? Yes, absolutely. But maybe the union Watch jobs Missouri. went because they weren't competitive. No, not true. <laughs> We had the most competitive auto industry in the world. Buzz. For well, what many, happened many years. if that you, were you, the case, they'd be here still. No, I'm sorry. No, no. It don't if work it that was way. competitive, they that's, would be here. That's incredibly naive to think that, uh, uh, Catherine. If if if, if we went by the cost of the labor in vehicles, we'd be producing every vehicle in North America outside of Mexico in Canada. Well, I'm sorry, but go, the, the bottom line that. is where people choose to locate, and if if you're competitive. They will locate there, period. Okay, we'll end on that note. Uh, (laughs) Peace has descended upon the studio. Thank you both. Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers. Catherine Swift, former president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and spokesperson for Working Canadians. Thank you both. Thank Thank you, John. John. Have a great Wednesday.